Your ears do not deceive you. You have just entered the Cryptid Creator Corner brought to you by your friends at Comic Book Yeti. So without further ado, let's get on to the interview. <laughs> yes, I can clearly see that I rolled a one. <laughs> While the Yeti determines my fate, I wanted to tell you about our friends at Sanity Damage. They're an amazing D&D actual play live show. The campaign features a high seas adventure full of piracy, steampunk, and Lovecraftian horror elements. You can find Sanity Damage on any podcasting platform or watch the party live on YouTube. Catch them bi-weeklies on Thursdays at 7.30 Eastern Time on YouTube at The Homebrew d and I'll throw it in the show notes to make it easy. Oh, and never let a Yeti be the DM. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Comic Book Yeti's Cryptid Creator Corner. I'm one of your hosts, Jimmy Gasparro, and uh, I I have a very special guest today, someone that I've been wanting to talk to uh, for a while now, ever since I read the first issue of Little Bird. Uh, But please, uh, welcome to the podcast, Darcy Van Polgeese. Darcy, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing fabulous. Thank you. Uh, Yeah, yeah, nope. Doing yeah, great. I'm I'm very excited to have you on. I from the first issue, and I, I know hopefully we'll talk about it, but from the first issue of Little Bird, I just um felt it was a, a story that I, I hadn't quite read anything like it. I mean, Ian Bertram and Matt Hollingsworth work on it. Uh, I think it Aditya Bidikar did the lettering as well, but just a phenomenal comic, captured my imagination right away. Just beautiful storytelling, visual storytelling. So I'm very excited to get you on the podcast and to talk about your newest comic um, with from Boom Studios, Lotus Land, which issue number one's out. I uh, I was able to read it again. Really liked it. Uh, very different in terms of um, genre. Let well, I, I guess it's very different in terms of genre. From it's more science fiction than yeah, than Little Bird. But um, really enjoyed issue one. As we record this, issue two is going to come out next week, December 20th. Um, so can you tell the listeners uh, about Lotus Land? Let's just jump right in. Yeah, it's such a tough one, but I, I I feel like probably everybody says that. And I definitely feel that way about everything I write. That, you know, what the story is about is the thing that I'm hanging on to that I'm kind of keeping people from. So it's mm-hmm. tough to like um it's tough to say but it it's you know in the most basic terms um because it does have a familiar setup to it which was intentional um it's a sci-fi noir book about a retired detective who's pulled back in for you know one last case kind of thing and um yeah and it's um it's a mystery and it's a love letter to just noir in general which is like that's my that's my comfort entertainment um and so i've always wanted to do something like that so yeah it's it's my it's my take on on a sci-fi noir story that is also um which again my stories tend tend to be which is also about family and dealing with um some very personal issues between a father and his son, which is, you know, the, the more the story goes, the, the more it becomes about that. 
Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I really uh, liked in terms of issue one where I felt it was not at all exposition heavy. Um, the, you know, there is some, as there are in the wars, uh, you know, kind of that narration uh, from the main character. But a lot of the clues of the mystery are picked up just in the dialogue. Um, and you're kind of thrown like right into the world very quickly within a few panels to kind of, you know, you're, I guess it, it takes place in uh, British Columbia. And then I, you're, you're quickly whisked away to the city and the, the layers of the onion slowly start to get peeled. And um, uh, I mean, by the end of, by the end of issue one, I, you know, was really fascinated with the world and what exactly the, I don't want to give anything away, but like what exactly. It's, it's tough. Eh? Yeah, it is. It tough. is tough, but like yeah. the, um, I guess the, the centerpiece of the, the technology of, of, of the, the world that we're being shown. I was kind of very fascinated by it. The keeper program. And, yeah. And, yeah. um, or the, the tree of life. I think that, uh, I think the, Mm -hmm. One guy refers to it as, but yeah, I was kind of fascinated by it. And I, I like how some of those layers are starting to get peeled away. Plus I think you have a very interesting character. Um, it was a great introduction to him in the beginning. Cause he's like bird watching and he's out in the woods. And then uh, the dialogue between him and his like, old partner and his old partner's new partner kind of quickly uh, <laughs> set up his personality a bit, which I, th I thought, a very interesting character, someone you want to kind of follow and see like what's going on with this guy. Yeah. You know, there's more to him than, than what you're getting. And, um, yeah, you know, and it's just so much of the first issue is about creating a sense of familiarity within the genre so that I can take people on kind of a strange trip, you know? Um, and I, I just, I'm having a, a ton of fun with it. Um, it's really character driven. Like it's, I feel like I, I've, I got a better opportunity in this than little bird to just do something that is, um, you know, I just, I would describe little bird as maybe being character driven as well, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a really strange story. It's really fun. It's really bizarre. Um, and I, 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 I'm struggling to talk about it cause I have to, I'll give everything away, but it, it does get to the heart of, um, a lot of what we're dealing with right now, I think in the world with technology, but also just interpersonal relationships and the, and the disruption, um, that technology has presented um in in that way so i i'm i'm doing a lot of things with it um and i hope people follow along i think the last issue is the best thing i've ever written um so oh wow yeah it's it's all just how many how many issue series is it five issues or it's six, six. it's six, six issues okay yeah yeah, and yeah, it was initially supposed to be five when I started talking to Boom, and I was like, I, "You got to give me that six issue. I can't." Right. Yeah, because the thing about a mystery too is like it doesn't like if you can't tease it out, it doesn't really function. You know, it then you will start to re, you'll be forced in a position where you're relying on on exposition and 
and and a kind of pacing that I just didn't really want for the series. Okay. Um, like you said, it's like the onion gets peeled back, and I didn't really want to be like ahead of the readers peeling that. I wanted us to be kind of like I wanted to feel like we're you're you're walking through the onion. You're peeling those layers back with the character, you know? right? Yeah, yeah, because well, it's a fine dance, right? You, you're, you're when you set up something like that, you don't you don't ever want it to be where the readers get ahead of you because then it deflates the mystery, and then there's it, it kind of kills the momentum like of the story, and then you you don't want to ever get too far ahead of the audience where they feel like you know it's kind of the it, it, it the ending's too contrived and it doesn't feel like you've naturally led them. And that's the risk. Yeah, that's the risk that you have to cram in the ending and then everyone feels disappointed. So no, it was, we, we got, we got the extra issue and it's, I'm just, I'm thrilled with the whole thing. Um, and I hate exposition. I hate it. You know, there's a time and place, but I, fuck, I hate it so much. So I, you know, I'm, I'm like an anti exposition, you know, um, force and mm-hmm. so that just takes a little more time too yeah um yeah yeah and you're along for the ride uh with uh Caio Filipe Patricio De Peche and Nate Picos of Blambot um uh covers by Alex uh Ekman Lawn and I know there were variant covers we we talked about a little before before we started recording with Christian Ward and your collaborator on Little Bird Ian Bertram my brother um yeah <laughs> uh <laughs> And uh, I mean, uh, the book itself, though, um, in terms of the the look of it, I really loved. I really liked um, Kyle. I hope I'm saying his name correctly. Uh, yeah, that's right. His, yeah. Uh, I, his or, I, or we both have it wrong because okay. yeah, I've been saying Kyle too. So he you might, know, he is very polite. So there's a good chance he's just like nodding his head. It's like, yeah, you dumb bastard. That's not how you say it. But just keep smiling. Um, no, but I mean, like being so, uh, and I, I being so familiar, you know, with Little Bird and your writing from that, and Ian Bertram's work, um, and this is uh, Kyo's like line work is is very different from Ian's. Um, it feels uh, cleaner in a sense, and I think that works with kind once, especially once you get into the the futuristic city uh, landscape. Um, I thought it worked really well. Uh, and in terms of his paneling work and the the pacing of it, I felt fit the flow of this story. Like it 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 moves along at a decent pace, and that's a lot to do with the I think the visuals. Yeah, he is juggling a lot um, on this and doing an incredible job with it. And Patricio's colors too, like it they because Kyle's kind of got. I wouldn't say it's a simple style, but it's actually a lot of it ends up being quite detailed, but it is sort of like, um, it's, there's a lot of blacks and a lot of silhouettes and a lot of, a lot of darkness and stuff. And, um, Patricio comes in and sort of like bleeds colors into it and like, just gives it like a whole nother life that you wouldn't really see. I was thinking about this. I was saying this the other day. It's, those are two styles you might not naturally put together, you know, like you might be tempted to do more of like a, um, what, you know, the kind of thing you typically see with Magnolia's work or something like that, where it's, um, 
a little more flat, I guess, maybe mm-hmm. the way of describing it. But so, so Patricio coming in with like the painterly kind of style is, is maybe not like the first thing that comes to mind, but I think it creates a really unique look. And um, yeah, together they've, they've come up with something pretty special. Yeah. I, I mean, bet- t- between the two of them and it, it, it fits the noir because it's got to be hard when you're doing, um, you know, and we've seen, or, you know, I've seen like, uh, like neo noir or like it's, you know, set in the future, like the, a blade runner type of thing, but it's got to be hard to get in that, like, uh, uh, colors that kind of give a sense of what, of the future, but also be like, still be shadowy. And there's so many moments in this, especially, like, especially when, um, uh, our main character's name just like oh went Benny right yeah yeah Benny when he's in um when he's in a, a heister's office and like the green glows like from the computers like create a lot of like there's a lot of shadowy elements in that office setting um when he's in the diner I mean there's just there's so so many things about it that I I really love that felt you know so familiar yet um the the, the futuristic details and what he's actually investigating are very interesting. Yeah. It's, it's really moody and it, it takes place in Vancouver, which is where I'm from. And I, so I, I, you know, it's like talking to the editors and Kyle ahead of time. And it's like, guys, it's always raining here. It's <laughs> always raining. It's like, yeah, no, we have to have some, we'll definitely have some rain scenes. It's like, no, no, you don't get it. It's always raining. It never stops raining. <laughs> like this, you know, it takes place in the fall and it's like, it's, you know, we'll, we'll get like, you know, just three months of, of straight rain. So yeah. that alone, you know, and that's sort of like a noir thing too, but it, it, you know, but Vancouver, it's, it, Vancouver is a very noiry city. It, it is, it is also a very fashionable city. Um, You know, it's a very new city, you know, so, but the history of it is incredibly dark and and incredibly um, noir like and incredibly mysterious. So it was a very um, yeah it was a, and and I'm familiar with it. And I think that anybody that knows Vancouver and reads it will, even though you can't recognize it by looking at it because it's like 400 years in the future. I think it comes through just in kind of like the patine of it and the character of like. Hey, this is actually this really lonely place. You know, this is a very lonely place where like people don't connect anymore. And, um, and technology has kind of filled that void in an unexpected way, which has only made it worse, you know? Um, so yeah, I, I, sorry, I'm not sure what we were originally talking about. No, uh, (laughs) uh, just the comic, but no, that's fine. I mean, I think you, not just in the visual, but in your writing as well, you know, not just in, Kaya's uh, visuals of Vancouver, but there's a line in it fairly early on, uh, I think, in the narration where Benny says Vancouver had long become, you know, a place where if you to go, if it's if the last thing you want is to be found, like something along those lines, yeah. you it's much better written than I just uh, tried to say it, but um, not a whole lot better. But yeah. <laughs> But it sets it sets Vancouver up as like you know it as a character. You know? Yeah, and, and you do, and you get you you get um, you get more of that as the story goes on. Obviously, you get to know it a little bit more. It. I had a lot of fun. We created a whole 
you know, without giving way too much, we, we created like a whole section of the city that doesn't exist that, that comes to exist. And, um, which is really fun. It's like a giant barge city sort of sandwiched in between because there's a, there's a massive inlet that splits Vancouver and um, it's, it's just built up in that inlet and is kind of just that neighborhood in itself is a really important, plays an important role in the story. Right. Um, so yeah, lots of, lots of Vancouver specific stuff. Yeah. You know, I'm not sure where I read it. If it was, um, just in the solicitations for Lotus Land number one, or maybe it was your newsletter. Um, which I'll, I'll well, put thank you for reading that. I have yeah, almost no I, subscribers, but it's nice to know that you're I'm, I'm one. Uh, I think, yeah, I think, uh, I was, I was an early subscriber, but I'll put a link in the show notes. Anyone else, oh, our it. listeners, um, you can check it out because there's lots of good stuff in there. Darcy's always talking about the stuff he's got going yeah, on. Yeah. And I'm going to start diving um, a little more behind the scenes in that too, as things go on. I'm trying not, I'm trying to, wean myself off social media and really right create some good stuff yeah uh, well hopefully we'll maybe we'll we'll talk about it because i know there was talk in the newsletter about making comic x and yep. you know so um you know but but uh i don't know if it was the newsletter or, like i said the solicitations for lotus land that this is kind of a story you've been had in your head in some form or another since you know for at least 10 years since 2013 yeah it goes back uh, it goes back to same time as really developing Little Bird, coming up with Little Bird uh, in this ar- around the same time, anyway. Okay. Um, and I just sort of filed it away. Um, I it was yeah, it wasn't something that I I had a lot of things I need to fix in it. I think is what it was. Is like there isn't the earlier version had sort of like nailed down the world, but not the not the characters and the story that takes takes place in it. Okay. Which is very backwards for me because usually I actually start with characters and then I build a world around them that sort of like suits the need, suits what I need to explore their relationship or their story. But um yeah, sorry, what was the question? I don't know what No, I was just <laughs> gonna ask in terms of like what what was the you know the 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 start of this or the the genesis of it. You know, and what was it like that process to develop something over time? Was it something you kept going back to, or yeah, it was something I kept upon? revisiting and kept. Yeah, I, pro- I, 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 I kept going back to it. I just, I knew that it was, you know, until I, I talked to Eric about it at, at Boom. I just wasn't ready to talk to anyone about it. You know, I just hung on to it for like ten years. Um, it was because I, I knew that at some point I was going to want to do my love letter to noir and i was going to want to write a mystery because um i love mysteries you know that's like i said earlier that's what i like to consume just for entertainment mm-hmm. um so i always knew i wanted to do it i wanted to do it in vancouver because it seemed like the perfect place for for that genre and i wanted it to take place in the future so that and i i could sort of play with certain ideas um, but I just didn't have the right protagonist. Like I could, would cycle through vague ideas. I made a short film in um, in 2013 or 2014 called Corvus. And that's kind of when it started to really come together, at, which was a detective character, supernatural, um, noir kind of thing. And I was like, okay, this is the right direction. 
Um, but I still didn't have his story, like what, what he really needed. And, um, eventually I realized like, okay, he's a father and the son is, is, is a piece of this too. And uh, again, I don't want to spoil anything, but that's, yeah. that's when I was like, okay, I, I've got a story here. This is going to be great. Was it ever anything that you put, you know, you put down ideas, like actually like wrote, like had written stuff down or typed it up or like an outline or it was just something you built in your head until you felt like. You no, had- yeah, I I wrote um, something. I wrote a few things multiple times. At one time I was thinking about like pitching it as a TV show, um, something like that. And yeah. And then again, I just never felt like it was strong. I'm really careful about the ideas that I bring forward and what I pitch. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe too careful, um, but I I really want to have something strong by the time I I'm I'm sending it to someone. I uh, I don't like no, I only like yeses. <laughs> <laughs> so um, fair point. You know, I, yeah, I just <laughs> maybe my ego is too fragile or something. But um, yeah, so I I knew by the time I I, I talked to Eric about Lotusland that it was something really good and that um that it, it it would go you know if we were gonna they they had been asking me to to come up with something for a while and so I, okay so i had that yeah where did your love of mystery like come from like why was it something you were exposed to as a kid and you know i was i think when i when i was younger i the first time i ever read a sherlock holmes story i think i was hooked and and for like two years straight i think all i read was every Arthur Conan Doyle home story that I could get my hands on. And it went to other places from there. Um, when I was a kid, they, they, they used to have like little five minute whodunit mysteries that you could read as a, you know, and try and solve on your own. Um, yeah. So I where, feel like, where did yours come uh, from? I, I Similar. Like um, that. I mean, I, I would read, I love like the Hardy boy books, even though oh, yeah. those were like maybe a little bit, you know, they were, they belong to my older brother or something. Cause they started coming up with those in like the sixties or something, but. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I don't the, know if they kept doing them, but anyways, I used to read the old ones. I don't know how I got, got a hold of them. Yeah. But, uh, loved Hardy boys, you know, like when I was really little, I'd watch, um, uh, murder. She wrote with my mom, you know? Uh, um, okay. yeah, really lo- love that. Like, um, clue, you know, um, which is, you know, a sort of a more comedic thing, but I just, I always love, I, I just, I, however I could find it, there was never a time in my life where I wasn't watching mis- watching or reading uh, mysteries. And okay. um, I'm probably going to do a lot more of it. I really feel like it's, it's a really comfortable place for me. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it's a difficult thing to write good mysteries. And I think, I can do it well. So I'll probably, I'll probably do it more, you know, and then, and then just discovering probably like staying homesick from school. And, and when they used to play like old um, black and white, you know, noir films, you know, during the day to like fill space, you know, I think I discovered like Hitchcock like that and um, double indemnity and yeah, I was just gonna um, mention that. That's funny. The third man, which remains in still in my top ten uh, favorite films, um, Chinatown, which I became obsessed with and would just watch over and over again. Um, yeah, all those 
sort of led to me doing Lotus Land. Uh, well, it's a it's a it's a good pedigree. I mean, in terms of all of those things that you mentioned, but I think you're off. I mean, I haven't read all of it yet, but I think you're off to a strong start. I mean, I just I really enjoyed issue number one, so I can't wait to see where it goes. Yeah, it's great. It gets better every issue. It it's uh it's one of those things that it's it's a little anti comic for like the first issue to not be your strongest because I think that's you know the where the emphasis is like you gotta just kill number one. But you know, yeah. there's only so much energy in a book, you know, even the best book, it contains like a finite amount of sort of like creative energy and 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 goodness. Um, and so of course I want the first issue to be the very best it can. It's how you bring readers back. But at the same time, I was like, people are going to have to trust this a little bit. Um, because, you know, two has got to be better than one, three has got to be better than two, you know, and it's, it's just, it has to escalate in that way. That's how good storytelling works. It's sort of anti, you know, comic or at least anti-direct market in, in some ways to, to write like that. But I, I just sort of cross my fingers and pray that people would come along for the ride. Yeah. I mean, it, it seems that the, uh, the conflict between what the story requires and, you know, what marketing requires in terms of trying to push that, yeah, you know, that number one. Um, but I, I, I know I look, I, not going to name any specifics, but I've certainly seen comics that had a fantastic number one and then slip. And then it's all, it's all downhill two. from there. Yeah. yeah well, it, it yeah. can be, or, you know, they try and get it back at the end and like, you know, stick the landing, but I, I would much prefer a comic that builds, you know, especially because I too, I love, you know, I love mysteries and I, I like trying to figure things out. Um, I mean, I like Columbo, but, I don't always yeah. want to be told who the killer is in the beginning and then just see how Columbo gets them. Like sometimes I want to go along and yeah. watch as it all unfolds, you know? No, totally, man. That, that's <laughs> it. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I don't mean to disparage other, you know, comics. There's like a thousands of great comics out there and a lot of them are better than the ones I write, but it it is sort of a challenge in the industry that I think people really just like, they fire so hard on number one that they're setting up their readers for disappointment. And I think that um, um, pacing yourself and um, getting readers to sort of like trust the process of how storytelling works is something we need to work out a bit. You know, it's, yeah. it's also why I think we, you know, you know, I, th I, personally feel like we're suffering from the proliferation of miniseries right now, just in comics in general. And just seems like, you know, the faith of going along for a longer ride, both in terms of readership and publishers, it, you know, has waned in, in recent years yeah. as, as the markets really turned towards miniseries. And I'd like to see that come back. I'd like to see more sagas. I'd like to see, Writers and creators, you know, with a longer vision, being able to take um, take readers for for a longer trip. That's yeah, off I mean, topic a bit, but no, but I well, relevant. I, no, I think it's well said. Um, I mean, not you know, in, especially in terms of indie comics, like right now, other other than Saga, and I mean, I think something is killing the children is up to I, I want to say close to thirty issues, but 
there there are there are not many indie comics in that you know yeah ice creator, cream man create, is, it, yeah, ice is cream another man. one but yeah it's know, it's very many, few yeah. yeah creator own comics that are kind of in that in the, in that same in that same vein um yeah which i which is a you know it's it's a shame but it's it's i don't i don't know if it's just that's what the market bears out in terms of like it's tough to you know, we could do a whole podcast. Oh, just I know. On that. <laughs> I, I, I know. Every time there's like discourse online about what's wrong with comics, I'm like, I don't have any answers. I'm I'm just going to keep reading them and going to keep buying them and talking about the ones I like. <laughs> because... Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't wait into the discourse. But yeah, uh, me neither. I, I don't mind sort of saying what's on my mind a little bit when I, yeah. this this kind of opportunity comes up. All right, let's take a quick break. What in the Sam Hill is happening right now? What is that? Yeah, what evil? You like bards? Yeah, what evil? Oh, you like band of bards. It's not my fault, you mumble. That makes sense. They're dropping some great new series right now. There's that one about a heavy metal guitarist in the 1970s with monsters, working class wizards. You know how we love monsters around here. And my friend Dakota Brown, he's working on a project, uh, Grandma Tilly's Hell Tech Mech with Lane Lloyd. I saw the preview for that. That is crazy. Jimmy even contributed to their anthology from the static and had Matt Sumo on the podcast to talk about his project, The Bardic Verses, which makes a lot of sense that the project landed there. Where can you find them? You need to get out more. They are in previews or you can visit their website, bandabars.com for all the latest. Can we turn the music off now? Thank you. No more surprises. Minstrels or anything like that, or I'll rent you out to the Ren Fair as a children's ride. Let's get back to the show. Just to kind of turn to some of the other things that you have going on, and I know I mentioned your newsletter and the make, you know, uh, making Comic X, and um, there's been a couple other things that you've been involved in recently. I think you had uh, a story on an anthology that went to, that was on Zoop. Um, yeah. Stardust. It, Stardust. Um, yeah. And uh, uh, the cutting garden. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Well, I, you could just tell me about some of the other, you know, I guess irons in the fire or things. Yeah. There's there's out. quite a few actually. It's, uh, I mean, in between before Lotus land, in between little bit and Lotus land, I wrote a mini series um, for critical role. Um, oh yeah, which was yeah. put out by Dark Horse called The Bright Queen, which is a had a very niche audience, um, but that was a lot of fun as well. But yeah, no, what what uh, um, I did a I did I've done two shorts for two anthologies, which was a real challenge. Like I'm a much better long form writer. It just doing something short doesn't come naturally to me. I think because. Um, my interest in writing is in characters and character development. That's really the only reason I do it, you know? <laughs> um, um, so uh, I've gotten lots of opportunities to do um, anthologies over the last few years. And I've, I've pretty, pretty much, well, I've turned them all down except for um, uh, a sci-fi Short sci-fi one I did last year with Grimm, which I don't know. Uh, Grimm Wilkins, sorry. Oh, okay. Um, which uh, it, um, 
I was super proud of, and I don't know what happened to it. <laughs> Maybe another reason not to do anthologies. Hopefully, it's it's uh, still coming out. Um, yeah. And yeah, and then I got approached by uh, Van Jensen to do something for the Stardust anthology, right. and kind of jumped on that because I was like, "Well, you know, it's a superhero thing. I've never, you know, it's." It's indie, strange, bizarro superhero thing, but that's perfect for me. So um, I jumped at that, and that was um, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I've been working on a graphic novella called The Cutting Garden with uh, Aris, uh, sorry, artist Erin uh, Connolly, mm-hmm. um, who's new. She's a watercolor artist, and um, that came together in kind of a funny way. Like, actually, I don't remember how we first made contact. I think I just followed her on Instagram. She does these incredible um, floral paintings, and I'm obsessed with um, flowers and birds. So um, every I'm spoiling it here. I'm I'm, I'm like. <laughs> revealing how like narrow minded I am here, but like every comic series that comes out for me is going to have flowers and birds involved in some capacity. Okay. Hence, uh, Benny Strickman being a bird watcher, but um, yeah, no, I think little but, bird uh, opens with the owl, right? <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, I know for sure. And well, e- even the, the idea of her dressing like a bird kind of came, right. came from that. But um um yeah so so uh she did these be- <laughs> did these be- beautiful watercolor uh floral paintings and I was like I just want to write something for you where like we get to where like I like just get to see more flowers <laughs> right it's very selfish and self-indulgent um so we've been working on that and we are getting close um and that with any luck we'll be coming up from image um next year oh as a as a hardcover um graphic novel it'll be close to the end of the year if if we make it it'll be like a fall release um and i'm crazy excited about it it's also a bit different um it's a change in um writing style for me which i was really excited to get into it's a little more uh prosy i know that's not a real term but um i'll allow it you'll allow it thank you (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) uh, which is something i've been kind of wanting to do and haven't really found the right project for it um and it's uh it's a it's a gothic it's a gothic kind of tale yeah um oh all right about a young about a young girl who again like it's so hard to say anything without spoiling it but a young girl who doesn't have parents and a woman who you know uh, a a lady of the night who um was forced to give up her child kind of finding each other and forming this very unusual um mother-daughter relationship that doesn't really work out the way either of them thought it would um okay yeah just crazy excited for it yeah Um, that sounds great and then a couple of things in like early stages, but Precious Metal uh, will also be coming out next year. 
um, through image. Yeah. We're, we're aiming for, it's going to be spring, summer release. Yeah. And six massive, more than double sized issues. It's a really big book. Um, we went bonkers and Ian and Matt have both like somehow leveled up from the work in little bird. And I just tried to keep up. So, um, yeah, super excited about that, obviously. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, uh, in it's, I mean, the, the work in little bird is incredible. And I, I, if we can, I just want to talk to, uh, you know, talk to you about it. Yeah. And, and just any so- listeners, if you haven't read little bird, as soon as this podcast is done, go read little bird. You can get it. It's, I think it's it's on Hoopla. If you're on Hoopla, you can get it digitally from the library. So yeah, lots of the libraries carry it, which is great. I'm a huge fan of libraries. Um, and yeah, most bookstores and comic shops. Will yeah. Have it. I'm sorry, I cut you off. You were going to. You, I think you were starting to say something. No, no. I was going to say because we were just talking about precious metal. So just if if people are listening and they're not clear, precious metal is a prequel to Little Bird. It takes place 35 years. Uh, before the events of Little Bird. So some characters will be familiar and some will be brand new. Uh, it's a wild ride. I'm excited for people yeah. to take it. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, just to touch on Little Bird, because um, I wanted to ask you, because uh, I thought when it, I mean, when it, when it first came out and um, I didn't think there were too many things, you know, like it at all uh, when it came out. Um, you know, this story of this child part of this rebellion fighting against the United Nations of America, this like right wing Christo fascist state. Um, and like a part of Canada is kind of the last holdout, and everything that happens from there with you know, Axe and uh, Tantu and the bishop. I mean, it's it, it's just wild. It, it's so imaginative. And Ian and Matt together, and Adidia did the lettering. Um, but it, it's just, it, some of it's like just grotesque. It uh, doesn't look like anything else looks. And I wanted, were you, I mean, what was your, was your, did you, was there any surprise to like the reception when the book started coming out? Like, did you think, oh, there's nothing like this. It's going to be great. Or, or were you thinking like, there's nothing like this. I have no idea how people are going to receive it. I, I, I wish I'd been better prepared. I really wasn't. Okay. In uh, what way? <laughs> uh, probably always. I, I'm not, um, for uh, people that know me know I'm not really plugged in. Like, you know, I'm not quite a hermit or, but um, I'm not really paying attention to like, what's going on um culturally i guess like okay like politically yes and and i i'm um you know but i i'm not I'm, I'm not keeping up with trends i guess is what i'm trying to say okay um so i and we created this thing over such a long period of time you know it was six years and precious metal end up having been almost five but um I just, uh, you know, I lock myself into a little weird bubble with Ian and we're just in the sandbox and playing. And then um, 
when Image picked it. Well, we actually had a French publisher pick it up first, Glenat, and then Image very quickly after. And they basically came out in France and um, North America at the same time. I was not ready. I, I, <laughs> I, I still get um, the sweats, like the anxiety sweats, just thinking about walking into Emerald City Comic Con, which was like the same week that Little Bird One came out, <laughs> and like yeah. the um, the booth, like the image booth, was just like a giant uh, Little Bird, you know, like. Uh-huh. W- up into the rafters i was just like oh my fucking god like, I, I just <laughs> wanted to turn around and leave so quickly so it was a very i was a deer in the headlights for like all of it you know right um uh, even just like the interviews i did and stuff i just i you know i was very i think i came off as a bit distant or um you know or aloof maybe or something but i, I was just not you know comfortable with with the attention um, that it got. I mean, I loved it. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm like, yeah, yeah. This, is all, this is amazing. This yeah, is the best. Like, but bummer like, about the Eisner. Uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I mean, it's all incredible and I loved it all, but the, but I, you know, I, I, I have anxiety, so I just don't, you know, I'm, I'm sort of at odds with the, with, um, with being in, in, that you know being confronted yeah, with that, in that, that type thing, of environment no yeah. I, I i understand yeah yeah i get it but it, it was amazing man i no, we didn't know what to expect you know like i i looked at it and i thought yeah this is different i haven't read anything like this but i'm not really thinking about other work either i'm just thinking about i'm just making the I, i'm so selfish in my writing and my creation it's just i literally just make them for me you know, which is a danger. You know, it's potentially dangerous, dangerous thing to do. Yeah. Um, but you know, Little Bird was just like, yeah, this is the fucking weird, cool sci-fi fantasy story that I want to read. That talks about things that I want to talk about. Um, I say I, but but we, you know, Ian. It's it's an incredibly collaborative um, process, as is Lotus Land with with Kyo and. Um, so yeah, we just got in there and told the story that we wanted to tell. And it was like, yes, people like it. Like Ian's art is so fucking great that, you know, you, you I had a feeling that like, cause he hadn't done like a, a ton at that time either, but I was like, I mean, everybody's going to love this. Look at it. You know? Um, so yeah, it, it was a really wild experience. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I, I- it's just remarkable. Um, I, I think Little Bird was one of the the comics that, like, somebody at the shop, maybe uh, Sarah, who runs the uh, the comic book shop, which is the name of the place where I go. It's right down the street from me in Wilmington, Delaware. Um, I think it was one where I walked in and I was I had you know picking up my pull list, and she was just like, "Oh, there's this new comic, Little Bird. I think you'll love it here." And like handed That's it to me. Great. And I was like, yeah, add it to my pull list. Let's go. I read it and I was like, this is amazing. She goes, yeah, I thought you'd like it. And then, yeah, I was telling everybody like, you need to read Little Bird. Yeah, um, it is. A, it's one of those word of mouth books. Like I do, I don't uh, like to travel a whole bunch. So, uh, but I do like to go to conventions like, cause I like to see other creators. Um, it's always nice to meet people that, that um, read the work or tell them about it if they haven't. But 
Uh, like every time I think I order enough books, the next year it like completely sells out again. So it it seems, and it's not a new book anymore. So it does seem like it's one of those things that when people read it, they're most often at least telling one other person, you know, mm-hmm. um, because sales have stayed pretty steady over over the year, couple of years. So um, that's great. And then, and I hope Precious Metal just sort of like adds to that experience and that library that people feel like it's like, oh, the universe just expanded and there's a lot more to to dig through. Now, um, I think that's part of the fun of um, going back and revisiting the world. Kind of yeah. Thing. Yeah, I think Little Bird is one of those, I mean, comics for me that if I, you know, because like, I, I mean, I'm an, I'm an attorney during, you know, the pe- listeners of the podcast know I'm an attorney during oh. the day. And, and um, it's like a real like, job. Yeah. What's that like? <laughs> it's, it's, it's a lot. Uh, okay. I'm a personal injury attorney. Oh, um, wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if anyone ever finds out, like, you know, that I uh, like, people in my office or like other lawyers, like on the other side of cases, like that I like comic books and they're always like, you know, every once in a while, someone will say they still make those or right. Like, like, what do you, who's your favorite superhero? And I'm like, I can tell you, but like comics are so much more than that. And I always try and keep like a list. If anyone ever asks like, you know, what, what, what are some of like the, the comics now that I would recommend to, to, to people. Um, to like check out if you have been away from comics for years and don't know like what's going on and like little bird like instantly like went on that list like depending on what folks like um, yeah. there's, a, there's a handful of comics i will always suggest for people to check out to see this is what comics are like now this is what they can do and um oh I, that's I, great i appreciate yeah. that man thank you yeah i quickly put little bird on that list yeah there's like there's a, a couple of titles that i always like to to recommend um but yeah, that's that's one of them. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's definitely not for everyone. So I'm sure you're sort of like eyeballing the person and being like, Yeah, are they yeah. are they ready for Little Bird? Do they are they right. okay with decapitations and um visceral guttings? Yeah. But if they are here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, it you know, it, it it does depend. I don't think it is for everyone. Well, that's the great thing about, you know, comics. No, no matter yeah, what totally you're into, there's so. something out there. But um yeah, there's a certain special type of person that I think is just gonna, you know, fall in love with the and the I've been surprised the storytelling. Yeah, and I've been surprised by some people who do like it as like someone that I would have never guessed would, you know, like um like a, a lot of kind of older people that I think like, oh, this is gonna be way too intense or political or you know, you pick it. It's right. It, it, it's it's you know it's likely to offend someone somehow but um yeah no i've been surprised the amount of people that this sort of embrace it i use game of thrones as sort of the threshold i'm like do you watch game of thrones yeah okay then you'll be okay you know? yeah yeah i i think i think fans of uh i think you know anybody who you said like older people but i think anyone who's like a fan of like westerns there's definitely a like a a feel to it for anyone that's like a really Western fan that I think would get into it and, and not be concerned with the, you know, some of the depictions of violence in it because there's like a certain, 
there's something about the character. That's really little that's bird. Really interesting. I've <laughs> never thought of it as a western. And obviously, you're not suggesting it's a western, but but that does make sense. And I and I think there's a lot of crossover between western and noir too. You know, um, in the kind of like pacing and atmosphere. Um, and now I'm seeing it. And I think that in yeah, in Precious Metal is more of a Western, I suppose. <laughs> if there's some Western in Little Bird, then it's definitely, um, yeah. And now you're, because Ian and I have started on a, on a new thing um, that I can't talk about, but it's like, yeah, it, that is maybe kind of a Western too. <laughs> so, yeah, interesting. Well, um, I'm very excited for everything that you have coming out um, for more of Lotus Land and, uh, and definitely um, uh, Precious Metal. Um, but and I, I did want to ask because I mentioned it a few times. But like, can you talk about where you know things stand with like making Comic X? Is that now that was something you were going to like show your, I guess, uh, folks who have subscribed to your newsletter like from the ground up? Is is that kind of still happening? It's it is still happening. It's just a matter of I got way um, busier than I thought I was going to. Um, uh, I'm not good at sort of that part planning stuff kind of thing. <laughs> but uh no i i am gonna do it just because again it's just something that i want to do um i i'm i'm i am now wondering it's like maybe i can get a publisher on board in an in an interesting kind of way because you know just because funding it it would be challenging too but yeah for the besides the sort of like 300 people that subscribe to my newsletter, um, making comic X is this idea where I will make a comic in real time uh, with complete transparency through Substack. So um, not just like, hey, here's pencils, get excited about colors or whatever, but really almost like a visual documentary um, is kind of the idea where it's like you're seeing email exchanges, you're, you know, you're seeing all the thumbnails, you're seeing my notes to the thumbnails, you're seeing the artist, you know, getting kind of pissed that we're revising thumbnails for the third time, or and then, right. you know, like, like kind of like um, behind the scenes, but the sort of the gritty, sort of unvarnished part of making yeah. comics that we're not, you know, you don't get in the back of a, of a hardcover, well, you know. Yeah, like I, that's what I was thinking. Like the idea of making Comic X to me, it sounded like, well, this is like the ultimate back matter, right? For someone like me who loves to see a script and see how that script is translated into pencils, and then how the colorist comes in, and then how the letter adds on top of that. Like I love that stuff, and I love the process. But it sounded like what you were talking about is really the like the the behind the scenes from behind the scenes of yeah. visual storytelling and collaboration, which I thought was, well, that sounds. Yeah. Amazing. Just sort of a, a documentation of the work, you know? And I think that um, I put in like a lot of work in, you know, and um, I hope it comes through, but, but I put in a lot of work on the books that I've done and I'm doing and, it might be interesting for people to see how much work that is and sort of how 
not glamorous writing is in a lot of ways. Like, <laughs> yeah. um, so I, I think what you would end up with at the end is like, you know, sort of a making of that is more substantial in, in a way than the actual thing that got made, you know, just in terms of like the sheer volume um, of what's been documented. Right. And hopefully it's not boring. Like, uh, again, I feel like that's the kind of thing that I would be interested in following along, you know? Um, so, you know, hopefully there's, there's people out there that would be interested, but it's, it just got pushed aside um, by a couple of projects that are coming up that are in the beginning stages, which I haven't mentioned. Um, all right. So, you know, I, I definitely yeah. think it's something that folks will be like interested in. I just, I, you know, the typical behind the scenes stuff, it just sounds like another layer to that. So I think folks will show up for it. Yeah. And it, it's, I don't know. There's, I think it's, I just sort of, it's like, there's like a vulnerability to it that I think I'm interested in, I guess. Yeah, no, I yeah. I get that. Um, well, I, I mean, uh, Dorsey, I could just keep going on and on and talk to you about how much I love Little Bird, <laughs> and uh, we we could get really behind the scenes in terms of. I should do something and have like for an anniversary of it. I'd I'd love to get you and Ian and uh, uh on and actually like break down some of it would be amazing to me. Uh, but that would be fun. You know, we could do that um <laughs> after Precious Metal comes out or during Tube. Uh, yeah, because. Uh, we, you know, we, Ian and I work, we have a really interesting relationship and we, um, yeah, it, it, it would be fun to jam on that sometime for sure. But I, um, yeah, I can't thank you enough for coming on the podcast. This is something I've been wanting to do for, before I, you know, even had, uh, before Byron even started the comic book Yeti podcast. Um, so I really appreciate coming on to talk about. Uh, Little Bird and your newsletter, and especially Lotus Land. Well, thank you so much for having me, man. It was a total pleasure. Yeah. So, uh, listeners, while you, when you're listening to this, uh, I think issue one and issue two will be out, so you can be sure to get those. And um, yeah, check it out, and you know, find me on on Twitter or Blue Sky or TikTok, wherever I am, and let me know what you think about Lotus Land. But I really enjoyed issue one. I can't wait to see where issue two goes because. Um, I really loved uh, Darcy's writing for Little Bird, and I could see that that same mind at work. And he's teamed up again with some wonderful collaborators. So uh, be sure to check out Lotus Land. And if you haven't read Little Bird, please read read Little Bird. <laughs> uh, so that's my plug, Darcy, for your work. All right, I always try and let the listeners know that I do this because nobody pays me to do it. I do it because I, I I like to talk about the comics that I love and I want folks to read them and check them out. I really appreciate well, I, I appreciate you, Jimmy, and I, I appreciate your time. It's wonderful. Uh, all right. And so um, if you enjoy the podcast, rate and review us and do all those things uh, that they tell you to do for podcasts, like leave a review. That's like super helpful for other people to find the podcast. And um, uh, yeah, be sure to check out Lotus Land. And uh, oh, shout out to my brother, Bobby, who's the Cryptic Creator Corner's number one most dedicated listener. Bobby listens to all my episodes. And I say that every episode because he really likes when I do. Um, so uh, thank you, Darcy, very much. And uh, to everybody else, thanks for listening. And I will see you next time. Thank you. This is Byron O'Neill, one of your hosts of the Cryptic Creator Corner, brought to you by Comic Book Yeti. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of our podcast. 
please rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. It lets us know how we are doing, and more importantly, how we can improve. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of the Cryptid Creator Corner, maybe you would enjoy our sister podcast, Into the Comics Cave. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.